blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the preparations for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's greet our Lord with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, home taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father, bring, we pray, to perfections in our hearts, the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, but God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for those of you who are joining us online today, let me introduce the readings to you. The first reading is taken from the reading of the first book of the Kings, chapter 19, verses 9a, then 11 to 13a. The second reading is the continuation of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. We are now into chapter 9, verses 1 to 5. And finally, the gospel is according to Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And we will start with the first reading. Thank you. Okay, our reading from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 9a, 11 to 13a. At the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, Go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now this is a dramatic moment in the life of Elijah. In the beginning of this chapter, you will you have a time to read. No? You will see that he is escaping from the danger of death. No? The, the queen Jezebel, who was so angry after Elijah that the contest with the prophets of Baal. No? Elijah won there. He should be triumphant. But in the end, he is depressed. He was very despondent in this uh, in this stage. You remember, I think it's uh, chapter eighteen, yeah, uh, chapter eighteen, where you have this great contest, and then 
in the end, he was able to show who is the real God. But then when the queen, when Jezebel knew about it, he said, uh, I will make, I will kill you as you have killed all these prophets. Yes. Yes. So he had to escape. And at a certain point, he really wished to die. He did, he was, he did not want to eat. <laughs> so there was a point in the in the reading where he said uh, the angel came and asked, "Get up and eat." <laughs> and he was even sent the bread, you know, by the ladies, etc. But the all the signs. <laughs> but anyway, so here in this gospel, in this uh, reading, in this episode, we have him in a cave. Where he took shelter, still, you know, thinking about his life, wanting to save his life. But then, here, like like the story, a bit like the story of Moses. Now, here, the promise of meeting the Lord, like Moses, uh, also the great prophet, had this uh, uh, theophany. They call it the manifestation of God, and so Elijah was also promised go outside and stand. On the mountain before the Lord, and the Lord will be pacified. So, <clears throat> with his experience of this uh, contest with the prophets of Baal, you, have, you know, calling the fire from heaven, etc. So, you might he might be expecting the Lord will appear to him in, in violent signs, huh? in violent signs, meaning the crushing of the rocks, the earthquake, the wow. fire, no. But the Lord was not there. And, and three times, no, we have it. But the Lord was not in the wind. The Lord was not in the earthquake. The Lord was not in the fire. Where is the Lord? So only when he heard the tiny whispering sound. And so he hid his, he understood that was the presence of the Lord. And uh, the reading is cut. But actually, the same thing he will be asked. Elijah, why are you there? <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> so he would say, I am the only one remaining prophet. <laughs> so, so he's really so, so down. And in fact, I think towards the end of this encounter with the Lord, he would be told also that it's time for him to give the Give the sign to his successor. Yep. In the following episodes, we'll tell of uh, the call of Elisha, Elijah, his successor. So, meaning to say, it's a transition time for Elijah. You know? And somehow, in, even in this transition time, in this very, very low moment, you know, he was given the encouragement, you know, the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord, which is uh, what we call the theophany, and we will we will have this. I guess this was also selected for this Sunday because it opens up to the story of the theophany in the gospel reading, yep. where we have the appearance of Jesus, not so much as the one who who comes the, the yeah who saved who saved Peter no out of the water. But really, there you have at the end of that reading, you have, he is really the Son of God. At the end of the gospel, <clears throat> you want to add something here? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Elijah uh, was a very 
interesting figure because number one, he was very very overconfident. Without my prayer, there will be no rain. You know, for three years, yeah, right? Very confident. And then when the contest between him and the other false prophets, well, he teased them. And and when he himself um, offered his prayer, he even told them to pour water over his altar, make it wet, all right, <laughs> to make sure that it won't burn. So he's really very confident. But to a certain extent, he's a little bit. Also confidence, and in the end, he was able to incite the Israelites around together with him. I don't think he is able to kill four hundred people in, with only one man. No way. So he must have been able to to incite the crowd to join him to butcher those. I, I use the word butcher <laughs> deliberately. Four hundred and fifty. Wow. And then he was. Well, uh, and then he told the king, "Hey, the rain is coming. Okay, you go first. And then he ran behind the the carriage. I mean, the, the chariot of the king. And uh, yeah, and even overtook him. You know, wow! And the rain was catching them up. So I was a little bit puzzled. Why was he afraid of the queen, the evil queen? I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, if you want to catch me, come see who run faster, right?" So, so I, I was, I mean, to a certain extent, I do not quite understand how he became very depressed. I don't know why. There must be something probably not written in the in the story in the Bible that make him suddenly so depressed. I don't understand. I mean, he was able to challenge everybody. What a what a what an evil queen you are! I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I were Elijah, I won't be afraid of a queen, right? Okay, but somehow. He ran away. I mean, it's something I I, I, I don't know why, but uh, there must be a reason behind. Now, when we come to this point, when I read the story, of course, I mean, there is, I mean, he showed off his, his overconfidence on himself by saying that I'm the only surviving prophet. Oh, this is totally wrong. It's not, it's not true because, there yeah, there are others, you know. So, so probably that might be the reason why he, he, he his emotions wane because, all right, on one hand, his soul, I'm the only one, you know. It's like Peter in the gospel. Exactly. I'm the only one. Okay, you guys, you stay behind. Okay, I'm the only one, right? But <laughs> you're not truly the only one. Now, when I read the, the three signs, the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, and then I, what, what popped up in my mind is, and of, of course, the, the whispering sounds. I was, I mean, the, the image of John the Baptist, you know, pop up. No, yes, God sends powerful prophets, Moses, you know, all these powerful Moses. God sends Elijah and, uh, and the others. I don't mean God is not with them. But the true prophet, the last prophet in the Old Testament is John the Baptist. Well, he, he has been yelling and he's not quiet and, and, and whispering. Uh, yes, but he was not able to perform any miracle. He's only, I mean, persuading people, he's a crowd and then the crowd 
was expecting a Messiah, and look at this wild man. I mean, he might be the Messiah. So, probably it is not miracle as such, this powerful miracle, just like those wind, fire, earthquake, something like that. No. John the Baptist has never been able to perform any miracle. So, and God was with John the Baptist in the sense that, okay, he's the forerunner of Christ. And then the, he and Jesus were only six months apart. So he's very close in here. So to a certain extent, I would think of this theophany as a kind of, you know, the, the, the lineage of the prophets, and you will be able to find God, not in those miraculous and powerful signs, but rather probably in some humble, maybe even the, what should I say, marginalized people, then you'll be able to find God. I mean, sorry, I mean, this is uh, something that... There, there's actually the link between Elijah and, and the Baptist. Yes, exactly. Yes. When uh, Jesus, Jesus put them together. Elijah will come first before the Messiah will arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus said, no, Elijah has come. And he was referring to John the Baptist. Exactly. So, yeah, this beautiful connection there. So, you're, you're saying actually here the contest of, you know, the attitude of pride <laughs> and also humility, no? Yes. Uh, which perhaps is a good connection that we will have for the gospel reading. Right. You know? Somebody who will now show us this uh, overconfident disciple or apostle of Jesus in the gospel reading. Uh, Samir, will you be ready? Yes. Right. yes, but tomorrow I have to do the second reading, right? Yes, tomorrow you will do the second reading. Okay, okay. Yes. so I'll do the gospel. I have to do the second reading now? Now the gospel reading, please. The gospel okay, reading. Okay. okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat already a few miles off shore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came towards them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Is it a ghost? They said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I have pity on Peter. Peter. <laughs> now, first of all, uh, 
I, I, to, to foretell the future a little bit, in chapter 16, Jesus yes. will make him the rock on which he will build up his church. Now, the question is, I mean, among them, Peter showed his um, weakness, and then Jesus make him the rock. Jesus made use of a weak, a piece of weak, probably a small rock, okay, on which to build. So I, in, one, in, in one sense, I would say, okay, this you of little faith. <laughs> so, yes, he's our first pope. And he's pretty representative. Now the question is, why do we have little faith? Now before that, they have already seen the uh, miracles of five loaves and two fish. So they, they were all, you know, very much uh, uh, encouraged, should be right. But on the other hand, they were in darkness. Now Jesus sent them away. Now without Jesus, they now, think about that. Here you can do a little calculation. Um, 6, 6 p.m. is the beginning of a new day. It's evening and the sun is going to set. So probably Jesus sent the people away before 6 p.m. You know, disperse the people at that. Now, it mentions about the fourth watch. Fourth watch would be 3 a.m. in the morning, the dark. So how long have the disciples been rolling? Wow, nine hours. So it must be very exhausting. And then because the way those, <laughs> uh, wow. And then they have been rolling for more six hours. So they must be exhausted. Now, we can see that actually um, we, uh, it, it's not easy to follow the um, commands of Jesus. Uh, he commands them to, okay, you go out okay, uh, and row the boat, and then I go to disperse the people, I go to pray. All right, bye-bye. Okay, let's go. Uh, probably they, they were, they, they were impressed by the miracle, but very soon after rolling for six hours, they're exhausted. Come on. Why is it now so difficult? Now, when it was the darkest, Jesus you now start walking to them. Um, this is a little bit different from another uh, coming of the what this chapter eight. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's something. Jesus was here. Yeah, sleeping. Sleeping, exactly. It's my favorite gospel. <laughs> sleeping. Jesus sleeping in the boat. Right, but this time Jesus was not sleeping in the boat. Yeah. Jesus was not in the boat with them. Okay? So uh, the confidence level is totally different. But no matter what, okay, um, so they were exhausted and then because, okay, they were thought, they said, go, okay, ghost. I think it's something rather, um, I cannot say rather strange for them. I think for the Jews, they, they, they know ghosts, you know, they... Um, they've been what? Um, Samuel? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, um, King Saul conjure up the ghost of Samuel. Something like that. So I think for them, ghost is, is not something alien. I think this is in the culture. 
Yeah, their tradition. So no problem. So the thing is, they did not recognize you first. This is so dark. Yeah. No, is. They probably see, you know, some shadow. Of, they, they, of course, they have lights, uh, lamp, okay, on the boat, and it's not the boat. So somebody walking over and say, wow, that's terrifying. Now, I, I love Jesus. I mean, I love Peter. He said, if, if it is you, no. okay, of course, there is, a, there is a doubt there. However, command me to come to you. It's a test. I don't know what it is. But uh, okay, command me, then I will follow. And then he did. <laughs> Matthew is the only gospel that mentioned about Peter walking on the water. Even the gospel of Mark, Mark who is the follower of Peter, never wrote about it. I, I think that there's another story. However, I need not even look. But Matthew put this down. I don't. I don't think. Matthew tries to humiliate Peter. He's telling the truth, so it is right that he did it. Um, Peter was afraid because of the surrounding, what's happening around them. Now, when, when I meditate on this, I would, I would put myself in the shoes of Peter and I would think, nowadays, when we try to follow Jesus, what are we afraid of? I think there are a lot of things that we are afraid of. And, uh, and uh, well, we are afraid of different things. Different people will have different fear. And somehow, these are the obstacles we need to overcome. But we need to know the source of fear. What makes us afraid? What it is not the difficulty. I think we, we think too much. We do not have enough faith in God. I mean... Well, of course we know, okay, the Bible tells us that with God, nothing is impossible. Okay, this is written only. But how much do we take these encouragements seriously? No, we, <laughs> we don't. Let me to be frank. This is our, our difficulty. So I'm sympathetic. I, I like the connection that you did with the first episode of the storm on the sea. No? That's Matthew 8, where Jesus was with the disciples. Yes. So it's good to ask also what has developed from that episode to this episode. Yep. And I would say in that episode, the disciples, the end of that is, who is this man? Even the wind and the sea obey. Oh, yeah. So there's already an insight. Oh, this is not the another man, no. Yeah, normal man. No, very but, special. But then here, uh, there ha there seems to be a zoom, a zooming in on one of the disciples because mm -hmm. there it was the whole group. Yeah. Jesus was with them. Here, there you have also the group, but then there is Peter. Uh, kind of taken from that group and then given uh, testing Jesus or being tested <laughs> Jesus because the truth is I think we all know that we cannot walk on water now. <laughs> so Peter, Peter himself was too pre how do you say presumptuous? I know that yeah, very complicated. In, in a way you can say he has a lot of faith. 
I mean, it seems to be very I love strong. Because, you know, it's it's out of nature that you can walk on water. Unless there are there are stones there where you, where you can step. But then anyway, so the end of this gospel now says, truly you are the son of God. So from that movement in chapter 8 up to here, there has to be, there seems to be more confirmation. And, uh, um, maturation. Yes, truly you are the son of God. And that will mature more in uh, uh, chapter 16, which mm-hmm. you mentioned when Jesus himself already asked, who do you say? Uh, oh, yeah. Who do you say I am? Not just who do people say I am. Who do you say I am? So there is a movement of faith here already. But then it's true that doubt continues. And in fact, <laughs> Matthew 28, the end of the Gospel of Matthew, yes. in the in the mountain, no, we mentioned it last time. There are still some who doubt him. Yes, that probably is Matthew. Our faith is a journey. Yes, it journeys. It it grows, and sometimes maybe it falters. But we make progress, and then we jump back a a few steps, and then probably we make some more progress, and then ah, we fall back again. And so that is that is the reality of faith, and I guess uh, also the image of the boat. The boat is one of the early images of the church. Yes. Yeah. Even now we use the, the boat of Peter, the bark of Peter. Uh, so that's really all of us in the journey. This boat, which carries our faith, you know, the, the church is the symbol of we journeying together. We grow in this faith. Hopefully, hopefully, we stop testing the Lord and ask if it is you. <laughs> because every time, I guess, when we are tested, we are tempted, we always ask, Lord, is this your will? Huh? Is it you? Or is it just me thinking like this? Right, and even probably the Satan. Yeah. So there, there is, uh, what is the, the test continues, but then I guess the challenge is, how do we grow? Huh? And, uh, yeah, well, I don't worry about our own growth because Jesus mm-hmm. is always there lending us or helping him to pull us out of the water. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Mm-hmm. I always imagine, okay? Mm-hmm. Jesus is here. Jesus hand holding my hand. And I'm, I'm you know, submerged with my head, you know, something like that. And then Jesus carry me and then pull me up and onto the boat. Ah, this is really a very wonderful feeling. Saving it. The experience of salvation. Yeah. Now, when you go to the second reading, you will see that now the challenge is to the whole people because we might have here in the experience of Paul, no? uh, in relation to the faith of the Jews, it seems that there has a lot to be done, a lot of work to be done. So maybe we can listen to that. It's so yeah. so um, it, the second reading, in fact, actually, yes, like Sister says, brings this point, um, reemphasizes this point about the fragility of us as humans, uh, and yet, our Lord, like the deacon said, is always ready for us. You hear in the second reading that Paul 
because of his conversion, is a strong believer in Christ. But on the other hand, Paul is a Jew. So he also empathizes with the Israelis. Think of it this way. Think of you becoming a Christian and you're the only one in your family that's a Christian. So you're struggling. Um, you know, you love your family, but you also love God, but they're not believers you're trying to convert them. How do you do it? And this is the exact same struggle that Paul is facing, his fragility. Let's listen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own my country according to the flesh. They are Israelites. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenant, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. There's the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, is Christ, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. I think we can all relate to what Paul actually mentioned. He says he has great sorrow and yet constant anguish in his heart. So he's very frustrated. How come I'm challenged by this? How come I can't convert them? How come I can't bring them to the believers? He is truly very frustrated and uh, sad. But then it's very interesting how Paul deals with this. He doesn't go into a rage. He doesn't go into a um, uh, just bickers about this pain. He accepts it as his own weakness, and he knows that he's fragile. And even and rejoices in them because knowing that they'll be overcome with Jesus' grace and help, like Deacon mentioned. He, he hands it over to the Lord. Help him. So relying on Jesus, he was able to go on with the conversion of the Israelis, despite his anguish and frustration that he's carrying on with him himself. So we saw in the first gospel and the second reading, Elijah, Peter, and Paul going through some point in their time, a journey in the faith where they came face to face with the human reality of vulnerability, fragility. But what happened? That weakness, that fragility, actually made them rely on God all the more and not on themselves. You look, on, you look at Peter. Peter was saved by Jesus and he continued to walk on water. God is active in and through a person's fragility and shortcomings. And knowing this, we know that God knows that we're not perfect. And yet he assures us with support every day, every minute of our lives. It's beautiful, perfect. Uh, you know, this uh, episode in Romans is practically a part of a bigger section. I think it's chapters 9 to 11. 
So if we will continue still in the following Sundays, no? uh, by the way, <clears throat> for those who are newcomers in this group, we have the uh, pattern of reading with first reading and then gospel because they are very closely connected. And the second reading comes last because that is a continuous reading, meaning to say uh, you read it Sunday after Sunday, you know, uh, and, and it gives also maybe the more concrete connections to our life on you know, the second reading. So this chapter 9 of Romans is part of a whole section 9 to 11. As, as far as I remember, Paul was reasoning out uh, why is this happening? Why is it that it's so difficult for the Jews to be converted, you know, to believe in Christ? And then towards the end of the, this section, I remember him saying, um, <clears throat> this is so that we who have believed in Christ will not be proud no? that we are believers and the Israelites who are the original. He, say, he says here, there's the covenant, the yeah. law, the worship, the promises, the patriarchs, and yet they are not believers. We should not be proud because if God could do this to the to those who are original. He yep. can also do it to us. Well, mm. you know, make us believers. But the, the second point is that in his reasoning, he said it's also because so that uh, when those who are who are supposed to be believers are called to believe will come into the whole, you know, to the whole uh, body then even the Jews will also be converted. So I guess he, he worked it out in his head. Paul, you know, Paul was a rabbi. Paul was really somebody who understood the law. And he believes completely that God has a plan. Okay? The same thing that I guess all of us you know, with the virtue of our faith, not by our virtues, but uh, the power of the faith, power of the Spirit right here, joins with the Holy Spirit. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, we are able to make sense of what happens to our lives. Usually, we don't get what we want. <laughs> Usually, the promises of the Lord take so much time. I give you one example. By coming to China, to Hong Kong, <laughs> it took me 40 years. I dream about this mission when I was a novice. That's 40 years. So before before the Lord gives you the fulfillment of the promise, he also tests your patience. So, so that happens here in this gospel. It is a word of God in the second reading of Paul also being tested. I think there is one point I do not understand Paul. I mean in this particular um, piece of text, he said, I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ. Wow, what the hell are you talking about? You want to cut yourself off from Christ and then would this save your your fellow Israelites? I, I that's notice. how much that's how much he feels for his people. Yeah, I, I that, you know, it's a very beautiful gift, no, the, the faith. But then why can his own people not accept? Then the, the, so he, I, that, that's something I do not understand why he wants 
Okay, if, does it mean that if I cut myself off from Christ, then he's sacrificing himself for all? It's a symbol of the crucifixion of Christ. Okay. So, that so Christ says, I will die, so you will be redeemed. Hmm. I think it's the same idea. So probably he, he wants to tell the readers, the Romans, that, okay, if, if um, I sacrifice myself and then my, my own people will be saved, okay, I'm willing to do that. Right? Okay. Then. Yeah, I think I... Uh, yeah. But for our consolation, uh, right now in Israel, I do believe, because I have met also some, they are what we call the Messianic Jews, mm-hmm. those who believe in Christ. And they are continuing the evangelization work. Among so, the Jews? Among the Jews. In fact, they are like, uh, I met their founder, mm-hmm. Jacob Damkani. God bless him. So anyway, they, they really have this mission, not so much to preach to others, but really to target the Jews. Right. So that's like for me, I said, I really remember Paul. So that's that's <laughs> the dream of St. Paul, no? Yes. Because practically we know that St. Paul uh, was called to preach to the Gentiles. But then he said, why only the Gentiles? Why my own people? So the dream also remained. And so beautiful. I mean, it's happening even now. Yeah, so we, at this time, we also open up to our participants uh, in the church or online for any reflections or questions that you may have uh, on these beautiful and very encouraging readings. <laughs> it's not perfect. Yes, for me, it's about the first reading when Eliza. Because Eliza was a different and she wanted to die. <laughs> but when you read it, when one will, she will find it that you uh, don't want to eat anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he sleep, And then after wake up, the birds ring your food. <laughs> so my understanding is really God. God is really okay to die now. You go, but still you have mission. Yes, you still remain, no matter how you get So this is what I understand God's mind, that you have a mission in life, you have to complete it. And then other part also in the, as what uh, they said about uh, some are fear to follow Jesus. Because there's really things that, it's like Jesus was crucified. These things is people that like, oh my God, I will also be crucified as Jesus. And other things also is there are people who pray hard, but since uh, uh, there was no really instant answer, so I can't blame also people why they're asking. You said it's depend upon your faith because uh, when you remember the morning, this morning gospel, had people have uh, been yes. like a mustard seed as well. So that means. Nothing is impossible to God. So people are confused of these things, maybe. But of course, every individual of us have own faith, no matter what. As long as I believe God, this is my faith, this is what I have to find. So, you know, sometimes we are actually testing our own faith. It's not testing God. You know, we, God, I want, I need this. Okay. 
Because why do you mean such stupid things? It's not good for you. <laughs> the things are always like that. Then Peter said, Lord, if it is in you, command me to walk. Okay. I love, I love, command me to come to you on the water. But uh, it is very bad to say if it is you. <laughs> ah, it spoils everything. <laughs> yeah, they can actually that line, if it is you, they said it's like identifying Peter to Satan, you know, because that, that was the temptation. If you are the son of God, uh, there's always the like, <laughs> And then even in even the crucifixion, no? if you are the son of God, always be John Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we have to start removing that. that okay, if. remove so, the if. <laughs> So we can say, Lord, you are the son of God, so maybe you can help me understand this. Okay, you are the son of God. Command me to walk on the moon. But but when you think of it, uh, this Peter is a fisherman. Yeah, he can swim. <laughs> of course, right. But he wants to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so he can see me. Everything ultimately is because uh, you know, it's that, that's why it's a very com complicated psychology. Doing all of your, it's not easy to nail him down here. You're too overconfident, Peter. You are, you know, testing the law. I, I love this humanity, not not humility, but I mean, he's very human. In you know, it's humanity. Yeah. And, uh, uh, vulnerability. For, those, for, those, uh, yes. for those who are not online, there's a few here. Any thoughts or reflections that you would like to share with us? Everybody? You just feel free to unmute and uh, please feel free to share if you do have any thoughts, questions. Yeah. Okay, fine. Only thing I would share is uh, like we were discussing about Peter. Is uh, sometimes in our lives also we are Peter, you know, sometimes doubting our faith, like uh, sister said, that we doubt our faith sometimes. And you have to, you know, I think uh, probably uh, uh, going to church or something, we again, uh, you know, get back into our faith that, you no, know, there is God and we should be. So it, it, Peter is like a normal, any human being, like being human, like father said, you have to be being human. Is what it is. We need to go and enforce our, our faith again and say that no, it is still there. I mean, sometimes we lose hope and we feel that there is no God or you know, why me? Why only me? That's the question we always ask God. Why me? And not why? So I think this gospel reflection is very much uh, related to our own lives. You know, to whenever we lose faith or we, I think remember this gospel that because Peter. Peter started walking, but then he doubted himself. You know? <laughs> so that, that is what happens. We are walking on the right path, but we start doubting ourselves and probably get off the path. So we need to reinforce our faith every time. So I think this gospel gives a lot of light to that. You know, yeah. our own faith that don't lose faith. There is God is there holding your hand. Thank you. Like he said, like he said, you're yeah, holding my hand. Until here. Okay, thank you. Uh, the readings for me is really so much to absorb. 
It's so visualizing when you visualize the forces of nature is in place. You have the water, you have the earthquake, the field. So it's just really so good uh, for me. And then just to do the connections between the readings, as you have explained, I saw the frailty of the human spirit. One thing you believe, and then after you doubt it, even though you see all the miracles that was performed prior to that, after he fed us the multiplication of the bread, and the uh, and the walking in the water is a miracle itself. And then you saw we saw Elijah having the victory among the prophets of Baal, and then just by one word, his faith was was just rattled. And you see also the second reading with the Israelites. They have the promise, the covenant, the glory, but still they rejected Jesus. So they rejected the Lord. They sin against the Lord by having idolatry. So we see the reading. We see ourselves in the readings. But of course, the best thing you see is also the kindness of God. The kindness of God when you see the, the Peter. And I like the way Jesus did it. And the way that was, the, they said, in the darkest of the hour, and then when his disciple was afraid, he said at once. And then when Peter needs help immediately. So you see the urgency of his help. So that's, that, that's really come into me. And then the second, and then Elijah. And then Elijah is something like uh, God granted his presence. And I want to think the, the whispering sound. Uh, I'm trying to meditate on that one. And it came to me, it might be the same word that is spoken to Moses, I am the Lord, I am gracious and merciful, long-suffering, and slow to anger. So I imagine just the sound that uh, that uh, Elijah heard, so he went out and covered his face with a cloak. And then you'll see that also in the second reading, in which uh, Paul identified that the Messiah was given to you. So all in all, I'll see the frailty the uh, kindness, but of course, also being in the presence, is standing in awe in the presence of the Lord. So the disciples, even when he went into the ship or into the boat, they pay homage to him. So Elijah is standing in there with his majesty being, and then after, so so all these things. So I'll see those three in the reading and and may his name be praised. Thank you. Beautiful. It's really a manifestation, the recognition, the recognition of our frailty, but also the recognition of God's presence in Jesus. There is one extra point I would like to bring out is that, like Peter, we create the trouble ourselves. I mean, the whole story could finish like the other gospel in which Jesus walked in the water. But, you know, Peter put himself into difficulties. The same happened to the, what, the three denials. Okay, they all ran away, but Peter somehow was, is a little bit nosy. He, he wants to know, but yeah, he loved the Lord very much. He turned around and then walked into trouble. And then denied Jesus three times. Oh, yeah. Peter is a good teacher in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is teaching yeah. all the time. Yes. He can all relate to this. Yes, all our weaknesses, right? I mean, it's, oh, I love Peter. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so it's it's me. It's impulsiveness and so on. So, but I guess in the end, 
uh, everything brings us to the presence of the Lord. No, we said in that whispering sound, who is which is His meekness, His uh, kindness, His salvation, His desire always to help, and that is what we he what we now have in the responsorial sound. And with this, we will end our uh, sharing. <clears throat> Repeating, Lord. yeah, Lord, Lord let, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims the Lord, for he proclaims peace. Dear indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Kindness and truth shall be, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord himself will give his benefits, our man shall feel his increase. Justice shall walk before him, and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness, and grant us your salvation. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the Almighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.